0: Hello and welcome to Talking Flutes Extra, the podcasts which are sandwiched neatly, well at least I hope it's neatly, between the real Talking Flutes pods hosted by the lovely Claire Southworth. My name is Jean-Paul Wright. Today I'm going to be talking with an old friend of mine, Professor of Flute at the Royal Irish Academy of Music in Dublin, Bill Dowdle. But before I do so... And that sound usually signifies a telephone conversation with Graham in London, which means only one thing, it's time for joke of the week. But instead of me ringing Graham, Graham has joined us in the studio, here in sunny Kent, the Garden of England. Good morning, Graham. Uh, Hello. Do you have a joke for me? Yeah, I do. What do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? Do you know, Graham, I don't know. What do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? That's easy. Philippe Philop. Philippe Philop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's one of the clean ones that you come out with? Yeah, I know. Right, Graham, look forward to speaking to you in the next Talking Flukes Extra podcast. Yeah, and I like talking to you and all the flutey tooties as well. Catch you later. Thanks, Graham. And today on Talking Flukes Extra, I'm joined live on FaceTime by a good friend of mine, Bill Dowdle. Now, for those of you who don't know Bill, Dublin-born, and still there, Bill is one of Ireland's leading musicians, combining an extremely busy career as a soloist, chamber musician and teacher. Okay so far? Absolutely, yes. He's Professor of Flute at the Royal Irish Academy of Music in Dublin, and continues to travel the world, performing and bringing the joy of Ireland and flute playing to audiences via recitals, radio and TV performances. Hiya. Hi, hi, John Paul. How are you doing? Well, do you know, I was just about to say, I'm looking at you as as I speak, and to say you don't age, do you? You'd want to see the bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I take I
1: take plenty of preservatives every evening, you know, in the form of good red wine or something. Very sensibly, of course, only one glass, you know. Yeah, right.
0: Not the Guinness. Do you prefer the um,
1: the grape? Oh, oh, Guinness when I'm out. Oh yes, I never drink Guinness at home. You have to have a a well-pulled pint of Guinness in a good establishment.
0: Is that down to embarrassment? Why? Well, not standing in a Dublin pub with a a glass of wine, you'd rather have the manly Guinness.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I wouldn't drink wine in a pub. Jesus, that's punctified. <laughs> as, as we say, a big dirty pint of Guinness in front of you. you know?
0: Yeah, but Guinness just tastes so different over in Dublin, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's the only place to have it. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, uh, let's talk, fl- let's talk fl- flutes, Bill, because <laughs> we can go off-piece really easily, I know that. Of course. Right, how and when did it all start, this flute-playing malarkey? Uh,
1: completely accidentally. I had no real musical background as a kid here in Dublin, yet when I was 13, myself and my mother emigrated to the United States, and she went over a year ahead of me to New York, but decided that New York wasn't a great place to bring up her kids, so she moved on to Cleveland where, of course, they had a, had and have a great orchestra, and at that time it was under George Sell. But she didn't know anything about music. She moved to Cleveland because most of my grandmother's family and people from the town townland in Mayo had 90% of them moved over to Cleveland. So This is why we picked Cleveland. So when I was enro- enrolling in the high school, they said, you know, well, I, you can you can have any one of these extracurricular activities, which I didn't know what that meant at all. And I looked at the queue for American football players and said, no way I'm joining that. These fellas are huge. I uh, saw so cross-country and there was no one in that queue. And then I saw a queue for bands. And I said, ah, oh, I'll try that. So I joined the queue and the man said, you want to be in the band? Yeah, sure. Honey. So <clears throat> it was an all-boys school. So they said, look, you know, we have trouble with lads taking up the flute. You can, if you take up the flute, you can have one free for four years. So, you know, thinking it's a girl's instrument. So I took up the flute and uh, went on from there. So after a year, actually, the flute was terrible. I nearly gave up because um, my first six weeks, I made no sound. Not, nothing. I mean, nothing. There was not even a whistle, though. There was nothing coming out. And one day, the band director, who was a saint of a man, said, would you like to take up percussion? I said, no. <laughs> with one of the, uh, the members of the senior band, so we came along for the lesson, this lad was about 17 or 18 year old, very good player, still no, no sound, you know, so he grabbed the flute and blew it himself, no sound. The whole head joint cork assembly was missing. <laughs> that was this, and whatever way I'd been playing for six weeks of trying to make a sound, it was like doing whistle tones, Matt, like mad. once the head joint assembly was put in, I made a great sound. <laughs> But it took off from there, so I nearly gave up after that. So within three years then I was accepted, I think it was a charity case, but I was accepted into the Cleveland Institute of Music to study with the great flute player Mo Sharp. Oh, wow. So that's, and then from then on back to Ireland into the principal flute of the RT Concert Orchestra and then principal flute of the National Symphony Orchestra. So it's been a completely accidental and lucky career.
0: So... Taking that speedy journey through your career, who's been the greatest influences? Flute playing-wise? Uh, Anywise, really. Music?
1: Well, I, I'd have to think my, my, my teacher, Mo Sharp. Yeah. was a great influence, both as a person and a player, and as a teacher. An, an incredibly humble man, and in this world of big egos, he was, uh, it was really refreshing to study with him. Another great influence there was my high school band director, who was a wonderful musician, would start off 30 kids from scratch on 10 different instruments. I, I don't know how he did it, he, you know, but he, he was amazing. And then, of course, musically, would have been George we, we were incredibly lucky to be allowed into every uh, 20 of us allowed into a rehearsal of the Cleveland Orchestra every Wednesday afternoon. So I was always first there on Monday morning, putting my name down. So there were major influences on, on my musical life.
0: And you've gone on and you've got so, so many recordings that you've made. And as I mentioned earlier before we started this interview, this morning I've been listening to one of your CDs entitled Irish Melodies on the Celestial Harmonies label. Mm. And one piece in particular is uh, I keep on playing just because of the way you play it. And I've, I've written some notes down because I, I, people can't see you. Bill will say he's getting embarrassed now but um <laughs> yes yeah. now it's danny boy and it's arranged by john buckley well, now this i've heard this piece mm. played so many times and a lot of flute players tend to play it very loud very rich very big at the bottom but this mm. uh, this recording that you're playing you play it with such purity and delicacy of sound it's very very gentle is is was it the arrangement mm. or just how you felt it
1: well I mean, not to not to use too many rude, rude words, but I mean I I mean the way Jimmy Galway plays it is is wonderful, uh, but so many other people tend to tear the arse off yeah. it, and it's meant to be it's meant to be more of a mournful song anyway, and it's not a vehicle for the flute, it's a vehicle for music itself. But on that particular recording, it's one of the, my I would say my delights. My daughters are all playing on it as well in Dublin String Quartet, so that's actually you know and they they taught me how to play. So come on, Dad, be a bit gentle. No, they didn't really. <laughs> No, oh, but I, I feel it more gently anyway, and I think we did that in one take. Wow! I don't think there was any any editing whatsoever. But I feel it as a gentle song. It's a, it's a very, it's quite a mournful song anyway. And it's you know, if you if you if you approach music as music is the important thing, the instrument is secondary.
0: And do you find that it's very? I know it's a weird thing to say, but it's very much an Irish piece. In other words, if you are Irish, you get it. Or do you think? It's, it's hard to look in on that type of song and really give it life.
1: I think music is universal. I don't think, I think everyone can look into that sort of music and appreciate it very much. I mean, there are lovely, lovely melodies in Ireland. And I think it's one of the reasons, I mean, <clears throat> that we had to find a lot of our expression through music and we found it that way as well. And there are some fantastic traditional Irish airs as well in addition to Danny Boy, that are just gorgeous. I mean, some things like you might, you might find on there as well, on Coolin and there are a couple of other unaccompanied pieces, the Snowy Breasted Pearl. They're absolutely gorgeous pieces as well.
0: Yeah, they are. And it's, what I'm finding is it's a, it's a very varied uh, CD with various, various different types of, as you say, melodies, some that you want to move your foot to, and some, as you say, is yeah. word, very mournful. John Buckley is a great, great
1: composer and arranger. In fact, he wrote one thing specifically for that. I think it's it's some it's called a Polka. Yes, he wrote that specifically. It's not an irony. He wrote that from
0: scratch, and it's really good, fun to play. Oh, but it's a brilliant, brilliant. I really enjoy it. And you play a multitude of different flutes on it. It's not just playing one type of flute. You're playing no. flutes from different metals. You play an old Louis Lart. You play an Ava Kingma uh, instrument, and it's just a really, really nice c d and it can be found um, on as i said by from celestial harmonies and but they can get they can get it from all the links from your website can 't they bill
1: i'm sure they can when I update
0: my website <laughs> 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 which, is,
1: which is on my list to do But yes, and you can get it on on Amazon or iTunes or whatever, and as i said uh, my uh, has played in the quartet as well. It was a really enjoyable couple of sessions.
0: So the CD is called Irish Melodies, and you, as as Bill said, you can search for it on Amazon or iTunes by William Dowdle, the Irish fluter. F-L-U-T-E. And we won't go into the different pronunciations of flute player, flautist, flute yeah. flutist, or whatever, because mm. that will get me into trouble. Right, right, let's, let's go off on one, Bill. If you were stuck on an island somewhere... Mm-hmm probably near New Zealand, because I know you love it over there. What would be one piece of music or tutor book that you'd want to have with you? Well, uh, that's a difficult one. A lot of the music I would
1: have with me would be in my head. Uh, I would play a lot of these Irish tunes. Um, I think also syrinx would come rolling out all the time, Debussy syrinx. Really? And I think as a tutor book, I think I would have Oz Clark's Guide to good wine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I don't know where to go from there. That's <laughs> well, no, that, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, maybe,
1: maybe that would be a bad mistake. That would be provided I was, you know, sort of uh, shipwrecked with a whole load of wine. I mean, it'd be terrible to have a book like that and no wine. That'd be very mournful,
0: wouldn't it? Yeah, be awful. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, That's completely thrown me, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so you haven't got a tutor book and you're stuck with a student on this island. Yes. What one piece of flute playing or practical advice would you give them on developing their tone?
1: Well, I use for tone development and at a very young age, because in the Academy in Dublin, we're very lucky in that we teach all levels. So my youngest student would be 10, and the oldest one would be maybe PhD. Oh, really? So, so yes. And uh, I mean all of the teachers are expected to teach all levels, which is very good for everyone. So at a very early age, I get my students playing harmonics. But not the full range, the harmonics in the middle range. Like, for example, if you finger low D,
0: yep.
1: you're sounding A. Yep. I do a lot of work from that note up chromatically and down. And that gets lips forward and a good purity of sound. And really, that's where I start and, and stay. Then in later years, I do a lot of work with whistle tones. You see, I think Moïse's sonority is very good as a sort of a system. But, I mean, if it's slavishly followed, it does, if you play that for an hour every day, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make a good sound you've got to start somewhere else I think and then if you want to use a more systematic approach you can go on to sonority but I'm a firm believer in middle range harmonics I'm not a great believer in going from very low to very high harmonics at the early stages but certainly fingering low low D sounding A2
0: is where I start So would you if you've been out of action for two or three weeks you know people have been on a vacation would you Mm -hmm. recommend go straight into whistle tones and harmonics? I would go to harmonics first and then whistle tones.
1: Are you trying to intimate uh, saying that when I come back from Italy uh, for three weeks having not played, is that what you mean? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With too much wine, I go straight to harmonics and then on on, from that down to whistle tone.
0: Brilliant. Again, that's completely thrown me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my my job. Always has been, always will be, Bill. (laughs) So, let's return back to the joy of flute playing and the Big Flute Festival being held in Dublin from the 31st of August to the 2nd of September this year. What's this event all about Mm -hmm. and how can flute players become involved?
1: Well, the website is the uh, bigflutefestival.com. This came about as an idea between myself and Glenn Houston. Now, Glenn Glenn, uh, has put on two very successful Big Flute Festivals in Belfast. Gathering between four hundred and seven hundred people per event. We're putting on a slightly smaller version in Dublin, but for for the purely altruistic reason that we want to generate money to form uh, some sort of a uh, not a subsidy to get really fine musicians over here for master classes. And I mean, people. We have people like uh, William Bennett, Michael Cox, uh, Adam Walker, uh, Josh Batty, and some great Irish fellows as well. Uh, um, Brian Dunning who's a great mad jazz flute player and Tom Durley who's an incredible mm. traditional flute player uh, Pat Morris, Piccolo Pat he's so going to do Piccolo and Feldenkrais today. so all of these people are coming for barely their expenses and even then we're keeping an eye on expenses, books are open, all profits hopefully, or unless I lose my house, now I won't uh, all, all profits will be ploughed straight back into generating uh, master classes again
0: that's one. That's one heck of a lineup. Mm, it's incredible,
1: and uh, it's grown. I mean, we started. We thought we were starting small, and then people would say, "Oh, I'd like to be involved. I'd like to be involved." So we, we've sort of we've uh, mushroomed the whole thing.
0: And that is three days in Dublin. Mm-hmm. I take it there will be some establishments outside <laughs> of the academy.
1: Oh yes! In fact, on the Saturday night after a gala concert. Um, there's a great pub about a mile away called Hughes's Pub which is owned by uh, the father of a past pupil of mine and they have great trad music on Saturday nights so, and they start about 11 o'clock So after the gala concert we're all going to head over to there and they have some great traditional music there, I mean it's all in an informal uh, surrounding so we'll uh, have a few uh, pints of real Guinness and it's, it's within kicking
0: distance of the Guinness Brewery, it's the best Guinness in Dublin com. all the information, and you can sign up for tickets there? Absolutely. I really
1: recommend pre-registration because we are, we are going to be limited to a certain amount of numbers because of the size of the Academy. We're in beautiful surroundings there, but I would certainly advise people very, very soon to register.
0: Well, I'm going to keep on plugging this because having been to the Academy myself and Dublin a few times, I adore the place. And I also do adore the after flute sessions, mostly in the hostelies. But, well, we've made sure that uh, I, I've made
1: sure that I don't have to start too early the very next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else is going to take a warm
0: up class and everything else. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be flying that night. So, Bill, before I disappear, I would I would like to just to, to touch on a few areas of the English and Irish language. And a few words in particular that we regard as being quite rude, but apparently are not. So, the f- first word which we, re- we hear a lot on our TV, Mrs. Brown's Boys, for example, yes. is the word feck. Right. And I have always thought that that is somebody swearing. Hmm. Is it? Not quite. It's, in
1: fact, feck is a lot different from the F word which is quite rude and we don't use it we use it it a lot over here but feck comes from the Irish feck to look and also there was a betting game where where you you tossed the uh, the toys in the air and that was called a feck as well so the whole notion of feck off is the bet but I mean, you can, you can actually say it to your maiden aunt, oh, Auntie May, whichever feck off, and it's not that bad. It's not terribly bad. I'm not sure if you'd say it to your granny. <laughs> it's not It's not bad at all. In fact, when we were putting together this BFFS, I wanted to call it the Big feck and Flute Festival. We maybe thought that that would be taken, you know, not too keenly. So, But I still refer to it as the Big Feckin' Flute
0: Festival. So the word feck or feck is not a bad word at all That over there. I wonder if I'd get in trouble if I start using that at home. Well,
1: I mean, we have to change cultures anyway,
0: so <laughs>
1: start somewhere.
0: Ah, uh, there's another one for you. Crack. 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 Crack.
1: Straight crack. It's crack. like crack cocaine, except it's not. In fact, there's a story about two Irish lads in New York, uh, went up to a New York policeman and said, hey, hey, do you know if there's any crack around here? They nearly got arrested. <laughs> so Spelled C R A I C, yeah, and means fun. The Irish word for fun. So we're going out for a bit of crack. We're going out for a bit of fun. It's
0: as simple as
1: that. As, as simple as that. Nothing to do with cocaine. These two two lads were nearly arrested. It was very funny. You imagine walking up to a big New York cop and go, "Hey, where can we get some crack?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they probably the coppers probably uh, claim to be half Irish anyway. Yeah, but yeah, we hope. oh Bill thank you very much for your time you're very kind I'd like to touch base with you again in a few weeks time just to see how the uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) BFFFF festival is going and um, before I conclude good old English question what's the weather doing in Dublin well today the sun is out and we're we're expecting a heat wave uh, on Thursday of up to 17 degrees (laughs) <laughs> and, well that's, that's great that means you'll be passing it over to us afterwards well, well we
1: might take the, the, a bit of the sunshine out of it just to warm up our bones it's been an incredibly wet winter here and uh, thankfully I mean myself and my present wife of 42 years <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm always hopeful uh, we escaped we escaped to New Zealand every January thank God because it's been a long wet winter
0: how long do you normally go for?
1: about a month do a little bit of work. There. I do about three days' work just to, you know, satisfy the tax man. Harmonics, whistle tones? Harmonics, whistle tones, and a lot of wine study.
0: Oh, well, that, that's important, isn't it? Do you, oh, tend, yeah, do you play better when you've had a, a glass of sherbet? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, no. Uh, it's one thing. I've only once ever had a drink before I played, and I think it was a, it was a silly little Christmas concert, and I nearly wept myself because I was so nervous because I'd had one drink. No, I never drink before I play.
0: And what wonderful advice to close this podcast. <laughs> Bill Dowdle, thank you for joining me. Great pleasure, John Paul. Speak soon. See you. Well, as you can tell, it's always fun when Bill and I get together. So just a reminder to get in early and sign up for the BFFFFFF or the real name, Big Flute Festival, by visiting bigflutefestival.com as not only are some of the world's leading flute players and teachers going to be there, but the after-class and concert activity, I promise you, is going to be truly special, and so very different from any other flute festival you may have attended anywhere in the world. So bigflutefestival.com should be on your web search list today. Another couple of dates for the diary. The National Flute Association Convention in Orlando or the NFA, as most of us fluties call it. Join me and many hundreds of other flute players and flute companies at the 46th Annual National Flute Association Convention being held in Orlando August 9th to 12th this year. Advanced registration is now open, and visit nfaonline.org to apply for your tickets. Look forward to seeing you there. Now, the British Flute Society are holding their Future Flute Fest Summer Flute Festival at St John Smith Square in London, the 17th to the 19th of August. Tickets can be found by visiting the British Flute Society website bfs.org.uk. Next week in Talking Flutes, Claire is speaking about how a positive mental attitude really is the key to success. So until next time... Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Goodbye. Talking Flutes and TF Extra are flute podcast productions by Trevor James Flutes. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.